Welcome to Car Wash M&A, the podcast, brought to you by Amplify Car Wash Advisors, the number one advisors of car wash chains nationwide on mergers and acquisitions in capital advisory services. Hi, I'm Lenise Barnett, Vice President of Business Development at Amplify Car Wash Advisors, and your host of Car Wash M&A, the podcast. Here, we'll take a deep dive into the current mergers and acquisitions activity of the car wash industry with the goal of keeping car wash owners informed on where the market is today and where it's going tomorrow so that you can make informed decisions about your business. We'll help you answer the question, should I sell my car wash now or should I enter growth mode and really scale my operation? Each month, I'll speak with industry experts who will share practical advice on how to sell or scale your car wash. While the industry is undoubtedly changing, what remains constant is the need for solid information so you can evaluate where you are and chart the course for the future of your business. Hi, this is Lenise. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. For episode 10, we are sharing a rebroadcasting of Amplify Car Wash Advisors partner Jeff Pavone's interview on Car Wash, the podcast brought to you by the International Car Wash Association. Jeff talked with Matt DeWolf, who's the host of that show and also the editor-in-chief of Car Wash Magazine. This is a great show that was so good. We wanted to include it on our show as well because it just really hit home on a lot of the things that we're talking about as far as the current state of the market where the future is going for the car wash industry and addresses some specifics like what's the future for private equity in the space? What's the build versus buy debate for growth? And uh, it's just a great conversation. I really think that you guys will like it. And again, we wanted to share it here with our listeners because it was a good one. If you like more episodes of Car Wash, the podcast with Matt DeWolf, you can subscribe to his channel as well, wherever you like to listen. And I also wanted to let you know that every month, in addition to the episodes that we bring to you on our podcast channel to listen to, we also create a article that accompanies each episode. So about two weeks after the episode airs on our show, we create an article that's posted to our news site. So it's at amplifywash.com forward slash news. And there you can see new information or expanded information from the show from the previous guest. And so that's just something that um, you can be on the lookout for. Also on that news page of ours on our website, we share other articles that we have participated in on various car wash trade magazines and things like that, and other relevant M&A news in general. So it's a good place to have a resource to find other news. Kudos to Matt. He's such a great host and just an awesome person to know in general. Hope you enjoy this episode. It's actually one of my personal favorites from the year. Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel. Here is your guide on this journey. Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. This is the podcast that makes you a better car washer and a slightly better 
human being. Friends, I am Matt DeWolf. I am editor-in-chief of Car Wash Magazine. And as always, I am your host on this adventure. Today, we've got a fun episode for you. We're bringing back a guest who uh, has been with us before. We don't often do that, so this is a special day. Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about what's going on in the current uh, M&A uh, landscape here in the industry. Things have been changing. Things have been moving. So to join me and to talk about that and give us a little insight, we've got Jeff Pavone, uh, partner at Amplify Car Wash Advisors and owner of Commercial Plus Group. Jeff, welcome. Hey, welcome, Matt. Thank you for having me. Uh, I think timing is uh, is good. I mean, I, I appreciate you having us on a second time, and I, I think the... Uh, the current state of the car wash market probably needs a, an update. Yeah, you know, I think the last time the last time we spoke. Um, so if if you all want more background on Jeff and how he got into this industry, it's a, it's a fun story, but we're not going to tell it today. That's in uh, episode one ninety three of the podcast. It's one of our most listened to episodes. A fun fact for you, um, or if you're on the website, it's going to be under season two, episode sixty eight uh, about growing or not growing. And we were talking a lot then about this concept of um, our car wash operators in the point then where they needed to be growing or getting out of the business, right? It was, we were kind of trying to see if, was, are there only two options? Uh, and I think then we were talking like, I don't know, maybe we're in the second inning or the third inning of this thing. And and we think we've got a lot of runway left, but since then things have changed. What do you, what are you seeing now, Jeff? You know, um, you know. First off, you know, I, I think, man, we can call this car wash M and A two right? And 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 it really comes down to looking at the, uh, you know, maybe some basic uh, facts. Still, you know, first off, the car wash as an industry is still one that is uh, has got a lot of consumer demand. I think there's mm -hmm. still a lot of uh, a white space. Um, you know, I think there's, you know, as you know, we still keep building more car washes and people get more car washes now, you know, so, so the, I think the future for uh, building out um, uh, car washes in general is going to be still a, a healthy place for the next, you know, few years. Um, but I would tell you from the car wash M&A, uh, there's definitely a resetting of valuations. Uh, happening in the marketplace, and it's and it's not it's not mild; it's aggressive. That's really interesting. You know, I think I think we've all kind of been watching and waiting and thinking this had to happen eventually. Um, so it was really only a matter of time. I I wonder, do you think it did it come a little faster than we maybe thought? You know, I you know maybe I'm a little older than than you, and and, and I've watched every cycle that we've seen go up. Um, and, and, and they don't go down a little, right? Yeah. They, they tend, when we have market meltdowns, they happen fast and they happen, uh, and they're, they're faster and bigger. And I mean, everybody would think it'd, it'd go down a little, 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 little. And, they, and, and the fact of the matter is that, you know, interest rates have been going up for the last year. Yeah. And I actually think, um, the, the car wash M&A market was slower, uh, to adjust some of the valuations. They were still paying healthy multiples. Up until recently, right? So, yeah. you know, I actually think the 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 market reacted uh, slower than than maybe they they sh they could have. Uh, and and we're really, you know, the question really becomes, you know, get ask yourself: Were the last few years the norm, or mm -hmm. or or anomaly that 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 every everybody was? You know, we had so much stimulus cash, we had a lot of money in the in the dry powder in the marketplace, and I think I think. Maybe we're getting back to what normal is mm -hmm. in valuations. 
And before, I think we just had this 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 short period of time where everything was exceptional, and 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 pricing was exceptional too. Uh, but I think on a go forward basis, we're just we're just going to be normalizing where I think valuation should be. Well, I think yeah, I want to come back to that because um, I think that's super important, and there's a lot of a um, lot of things to unpack around that, especially when it comes to. Um, what does that mean for some of these groups that have been growing so fast and, and what do they need to do now and what that, what's that all going to look like? But I want to get into, you You were talking about how there's still some really high uh, deals going on, really great valuations, um, but but maybe not since the last one you all brokered, which in some ways, I got to tell you, it breaks my heart a little bit because I was wearing the sweatshirt, literally wearing the sweatshirt from that wash uh, when I saw the press news or the press release come out and it's like zips enters Chicago market with JetBright acquisition. And for those who are listening and maybe don't know JetBright, JetBright is, uh, was, um, Dave D'Alessandro, longtime industry veteran. One of the, one of the most well-known guys around, uh, does a great job, runs an exceptional, um, facility, gets a great car, has a lot of really smart tips and he sold. And so he was one of those guys I never thought was going to sell, but he did. Can can we talk about that deal a little bit and like and just kind yeah, of sure. how that maybe came about? So I've known Dave for a long time. I consider him a close friend, and uh, and I have the utmost respect for him, like you do. I mean, I think if if you got any, if you can have an analogy, they, they're like the Costco car washing. They they wash a lot of cars. They wash. Yeah. They probably wash the best car in the country for the price of anybody. Yep. And they were doing a phenomenal job. You know, I, I think part of the, the the writing on the wall was that the market was going to be changing. You've got um, competitors. You know, they, they had a, you know, they, they were the big dog in Chicago. You've got some uh, private equity groups gonna, that are going to be entering the market. And I think they just felt, uh, you know, you know, one is maybe, you know, the timing is, is is pretty good from a valuation standpoint, but, but they also, uh, it was, it was also, it took some convincing. They had to have the right partner and the right structure of a deal. And, you know, they're in the car wash equipment manufacturing business. And so they're, they're, they're going to put a lot of focus on, on development of car washes for their current partner, their new partner. And they're also going to be expanding their car wash equipment company. So I think they're, you know, part of it was obviously money. It's got to be the right, right deal to feel good about it but i also feel if they they found the right partner that was going to to help them continue on with their with their with their car wash equipment company which is now becoming you know one of their their real loves here well and and yeah their equipment's super super cool like i mean it was kind of like a, a boutique private label almost thing for a while and you go, you'd go in and you'd look at it and it was really high-end stuff um, which sort of makes sense. That's why he was able to produce such a great car. Um, but you know, I think it's it's kind of interesting because all of these things that Dave was doing uh, throughout the years, he was never doing it because he planned to sell. Right? He was doing it because he was building a great business. Um, he was being smart about how he was kind of protecting territory. He was he was. Um, I tell you what, nobody was going to come in and build on top of a jet right because no, before right. they did, Dave was going to do it himself. Right. He's like, no, you're not coming in here. I'm going to make yeah. sure that I capture and, all and, this. And, it, and it's also, you know, and, and, and Dave's one of those sellers that at the end of the day, if this deal happened or not happened, he, he's OK. Right. Yep. And yep. it was a very, very emotional uh, deal for say, Dave and Sam, his partner, uh, because this is, you know, for them, this is their life's work. Right. And um, 
And even after the deal closed, like there's no, there's no celebration. There's no like congratulations congratulations for what? (laughs) Like it was a very emotional, difficult decision for them. Um, I think ultimately they're, they're going to be, uh, you know, pleased because they've got still a, a, a great, they're, they're still in the industry. They're still going to do great things in the industry. Uh, so I think they'll be just fine. But but this wasn't one of those really easy decisions. Take the money and run. These are you know there's these are these are guys that love what they do, mm-hmm. um, and so they're doing it for the right reasons. And and there's still a lot of the guys out there that are still still are in this business today. So okay, I'm I'm I gotta tell you, I'm still gonna wear my Jetbright hooded sweatshirt because it's my Man, favorite one. That's um, good. Which leads me. So this is a completely unrelated question, but it's something I got to know because I've been thinking about it ever since this acquisition happened and how I'm not going to be able to get any more great JetBright swag uh, from them. So Jeff, what is your, what's your favorite piece of clothing? Like what's your go-to brand? I got to know. Oh, <laughs> Prada. <laughs> Prada. What? Really? Uh, I know. That's, that's I your know. brand, I, man. I don't know swag. I mean, I you know I, I do say have I do have some of my own car washes. So driven, I'd have to say, okay, uh, is our brand, and you know I'd, I'd say driven brand is uh, swag is probably something I I would wear. But uh, yeah, are like the quarter like you want to you like a good quarter zip or, or like are you like a like a hat kind of guy? No, hoodie, hoodie, your hoodie, yeah, see? yeah, I'm you got it, guy. you got it, yeah. Especially with my head, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm the first one to know if it rains and the first one when it snows. Uh, so, you know, a good hoodie comes in handy. Yeah. For the, for those listening and maybe not watching, um, Jeff is what some might call uh, follically challenged. So you know, <laughs> it's just, well uh, it just happens sometimes. We, we are all headed that way. Look, you can't keep a head of air forever. Um, all right. So I want to get in, I want to kind of stay down this path talking about um, kind of how can operators set themselves up for success, especially in this new kind of landscape, right? So um, we were talking about JetBright. Obviously, they did um, great things for a number of years. They they were able to get a really good deal. In today's market, if, if we're saying that those kinds of um, kind of really high multiples and those really big deals are maybe slowing down, what am I doing today if I'm an operator to kind of set myself up to still be able to um, maximize on what's available. There's here's the great news about this, right? They're still buying, right? Is a multiple of of EBITDA or your yeah. your, your profit, call it, right? Focus on your operations, generate more profit. I mean, so you know what's getting lost in all this is let's say the multiples are going, I don't know, from 15 to 12 or 10. Uh, don't 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 buy into the Wall Street Journal 18 times because those deals aren't happening anymore. Uh, but I would say um, generate more profit, you know? And mm-hmm. so the, the, I find this, um, you know, question, a great question because as, as we, we know operators around the country, I've got operators that you, know, you can give me an operator a over here and he can generate a million, million and a half dollars of profit at a location. And then I got operate operator B over here and he can have the same site getting 500,000. And, yeah. and part of it is, you know, What's getting lost in all this is that you got a lot of guys that just were building and building and developing, and and they really didn't put together the 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 infrastructure to operate and drive volume. And you know when you look at the great car wash companies, you know my partner uh, Bill Martin with Metro, or you look yeah. at the cobblestones and the superstars and some of these other great companies, you know they all got the same thing in common. They've got an they've got an operating um, infrastructure. That that drives volume on their sites, 
And so if you can, if you, if you really put your head down, uh, operations could, could fix a lot of problems. So, but no longer, Matt, could you go in and, and think you can, you know, you got this, this, this situation today where it's costing you significantly more to build a car wash. So let's say, you know, went from, you know, 4 million to 5 million. Now it's probably closer to 6 million. You've got interest rates that used to be in the threes, now closer to six. You yeah. know, that's, that's maybe 150,000 a year, just more in debt. So all of a sudden, the marginal guy is never going to make it in this business anymore. You know, the, the, the guys that got by are going to be sitting here, uh, they're done. And so what I would tell you is the, the, the single best way to, to maximize the value of your company is going to be drive more volume, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. at your sites. And, and, it's, and it's, so, it's, it's so overlooked by so many groups out there. Jeff, would you, so something interesting though that, that I've been kind of thinking about a lot is, is um, you know, obviously you want to be profitable um, and there's lots of ways to go about that. But I, 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 I think that what you're talking about in terms of driving volume really gets to what I think people should focus on, which is uh, at the end of the day, you need to drive more revenue, right? That's right. You can, you, can, you can cut corners and you can become profitable by cutting expenses and kind of really trying to get as lean as possible. But at the end of the day, if you're not really driving revenue, that profitability is not going to matter because eventually you're going to get so lean that your product doesn't, doesn't really produce. That's the, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Man, at the end of the day, when you, what you've got to be looking at, you know, I, I, I see, you know, um, we've seen other operators operate at cr- incredibly lean businesses and they look at their margin and say, we're operating at a 60% profit margin. But they're generating, I don't know, four or five hundred thousand of EBITDA. I go, right, that's because right. at the end of the day, if you really are looking to drive memberships, what do you need? You need marketing. You need training. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so the smart guys will spend more money on operating costs, but they'll generate more sales and ultimately have a a bigger bottom line. Um, but it may not be the bigger. It may not be a bigger margin than than the yeah. next guy. But but it will be a bigger net profit because they're driving more sales. But but to do that, you've got to make investment in your operating team, and and you know it's all the all the great companies, JetBright included. I can tell you they have one thing in common. Every one of them, they care deeply about their team. They yeah. ha- they invest heavily in those people, and they do care about them. And and so on an exit, they care about you know you know the culture and, and where's this where's this where where their company's going. So, okay, I got there's a couple of things I want to talk about following that. So one of one of the things I still want to come back to this pace of reset because as we're talking about infrastructure and doing things right, I think there's a question there that I want to ask. But before I get into that, I want to talk about um, I want to kind of know you've been in this industry for a very long time. And you've got great relationships. We were talking about um, how Dave is a very good friend uh, of yours and you respect him a ton. What's it been like for you, like personally, to be able to kind of play the role that you've been playing as we kind of get into this space and to help people kind of do some of these deals and to see some of these opportunities that weren't here 15, 20 years ago, even five years ago? Yeah. um, Yeah. Great question. I mean, you know, we've, we've represented, it's, um, we've, and, and, you know, I think for, you know, just as a fact that we've done more car wash M&A this year than probably, you know, most guys combined yeah. in the space. 
and and a lot of it is relationships and and i would say a good chunk of the deals we've done uh have come from uh folks have been in this business from you know 20 to 50 years i mean we've yeah. sold some legacy companies in this business and the emotional side of these of holding in their hand of these of, of these owners uh, has, has been one of our uh, at least one of our strengths when bill martin and i first got into amplify you know our one of our missions was really is to protect the interests of the operator you know there's nothing we want to force on them you know it's not one size fits all um we really try hard to match the the right the right buyer or partner with the operator because at the end of the day you know price is important to these guys but i gotta tell you culture is an awfully big part of it and and because we sort of you know, have a little better feel today than most on what the end result's going to look like. You know, we really do want to, like, at least advise and 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 help 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 these guys really understand what what are they getting into? What's it going to look like on the other side of a transaction? Um, and that's been a big that's been a big part of what we do. Uh, and now, some people are building and just selling, and they don't really care. They walk away and the right. sale in the sunset. Right. But I would say, generally speaking at least the clients that we're dealing with um, have a deep love of this business. They love what they do. They love their people and they care deeply about their legacy and what happens to it. So we're pretty uh, uh, careful about at least guiding them through that process. Yeah. That's gotta, I mean, that's gotta be a, a tremendously rewarding thing for you knowing that these folks that you've built relationships with, you're helping them um, both build and leave a legacy all at the same time. I, I, you know, for us, it's really gratifying. You know, I would, you know, it's, it's our business's model is built around uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I can tell you that, uh, you know, we've done uh, several billion dollars in transactions just in the last couple of years. And, you know, a lot of our business is generated from, uh, from the clients we've already served. And, and, and what's interesting is in the majority of the people that we've done deals with, Whoever the acquirer is or the partner is, they end up hiring us to keep working for them. So for us, it's really gratifying. You know, we never want it to be the guys that are, are sort of the sort of a commodity kind of deal where we take a deal, we sell it, we're gone. And, you know, a, like a typical investment bank is going to do a transaction and they're gone. We really want it to stick with uh, with the client all the way through, even post exit, um, yeah. which makes it our model a little bit different than most. And it is gratifying. But, but again, you know, if you look at Bill Martin and his legacy, I, I don't know of anybody that loves this space more than more than him. And, you know, and we t- as a company, we take that and it's part of our culture that we we care deeply about the outcome of, of what happens. I love that. I love that. That that I mean, that is that is really like tried and true core car wash industry. If If we're being honest, that's that's what it's always been all about. Right. You know, it's one of the, you know, it's funny when you talk to a lot of people that come into this industry, even the private equity guys, a lot of other industries are, they're, they're, they're very protective of their, um, whatever they do, right? Whatever yeah. they do is their secret sauce and this and that. <laughs> the car wash industry as a whole is one of the most cooperative, friendly groups you'll ever meet at all. And, and I go, my friends are all car wash guys now. I mean, I go, I, I work with these guys, I travel with them. I go to games with these guys. Um, they're very sharing. They're very caring. Um, they, um, this is a, this is a, this is a very, very unique industry of, 
of people that really do love each other, care about each other, hang out with each other way more than it's like, it's crazy. <laughs> they got, you know, they're hunting turkeys and they're doing this. And that. I mean, I don't know too many industries that I've ever been associated with that have that, that close camaraderie, uh, the way this space does. And so, but you have to, you have to really embrace it and respect it. And, you know, and unfortunately over the last few years, because money's been so big and, and easy, you get a lot of people that have come into space and don't yeah. necessarily respect it. They, they, they look at this as fast money and fees and all this kind of stuff. Um, and at least we feel, you know, we're here to at least we, we, we do want to, we do want to protect the interests of, of those people that we do care about. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I want to come back to the question that I promised I would come back to. All right. So we were talking about, we're talking about the great reset, right? We're talking about whether that's going to be what's normal and we're just going to kind of get back into it that way. I'm curious to hear what you've kind of been seeing because you all are very close to this, right? In terms of the number of groups that you've worked with and the number of transactions you're seeing. I I feel like I've been hearing from a lot of folks that have been growing gangbusters. They're, They're saying, I cannot wait for it to slow down a little bit for lots of reasons, but not the least of which is I will finally be able to focus on my infrastructure and be able to make sure that I can run that really profitable and highly efficient process driven business that I need to. Does that resonate with you? Is that what you're seeing too? Well, I mean, yeah, by, by necessity now. I mean, so, you know, maybe we'll just talk about all these headwinds, what's yeah, going yeah. on. Let's do that. And, and so let's start with what's what's happening here. You know, first off, you've got high inflation, which has driven cost up between labor and and, and chemistry and utilities and everything else. It's just it's uh, it's definitely put some stress on operating margins. So they've got to operate smarter. Right. Yeah. So that's a necessity. You got high. You got 60 percent cost of debt up. So when you look at the guys, the consolidators that have bought into the space that have hundreds of millions of dollars of debt, well, their credit facility was 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 done based on certain covenants. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when you start adding in the, these increased uh, interest rates, they've they're under a tremendous amount of pressure from the credit markets to tighten up. Yeah. Um, and so you know one of the the the, the biggest you know concerns that's going to drive all of this like the credit markets are getting incredibly difficult and tighter uh before it was easy money and yeah. there was a lot of forgiveness or looking the other way and, and just you know, lending with a blank check kind of mentality today i gotta tell you it's all it's that's gone yeah and so that that's going to drive a lot of how these guys make decisions today it's going to be they've got covenants he's got banks are going to be much more uh conservative on what they do and so the, the 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 news for some of the platforms that got out early and borrowed a lot of money, they're going to have to focus on and quickly getting getting their numbers in line. And you know, and they may you know, and, and we're hearing from most groups today, they're all about greenfield. They're yeah. all about building new car washes. Why? Because they got to drive that multiple down. You know, if they started up at a call it at a fifteen multiple. And now you look at Mister trading at below nine. Yeah. So Mister's in the ten range of EBITDA. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, that rosy kind of uh, exit exit strategy that they, everybody was looking at is gone. So these guys got to now drive that. They got to drive that multiple. They the platform's got to drive their multiple down, and they're going to do it through building car washes. They can build at a six instead of buying at a twelve or fifteen. Yeah. You're going to see a 
major shift in that in that in that in that in that environment. Um, so I, I think you're going to see focus on operations. You're going to see focus on on greenfields uh, from a lot of groups. Now the groups that got in recently, yeah, and and they're still you know the good news. Here's the really good news, Matt. There's a lot of dry powder still out there, and and the appetite for car washes is still big. Um, and so I think you're going to find that the 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 buyers are still going to be looking at, at buying into this market, but they're going to be buying in this probably at a much more call it call it a normal pricing yeah. you know market instead of these you know kind of inflated in, uh, valuations and and they're going to come in and buy buy right and so we're going to see deals still happening but I think it's going to be at a, at a number you know I think it's going to be could be twenty five percent or less or more lower than it might have been a year ago or six mm-hmm. months ago. Because it's it just has to be um, the other you know the you know piece of it is you got retail sales what are looming recession yeah. coming and and so you're already seeing evidence of of retail sales on a car wash of, of being hit you know is that five percent ten percent but as as credit got an underwrite this stuff you know again before the, everything was bullish they looked up today they're gonna they, they go in the other direction they're gonna look at the the cost going up. They're going to look at retail sales potentially being you know hurt a little bit and a little softer, um, and so you've got to you've got to make the numbers work. Well, yeah, and some some people might argue that um, that kind of normalization and that kind of reset in terms of what people should expect when they enter the car wash industry uh, may give us give us back some of that essence of the folks who sort of started in this industry, right? Um, because people are getting into it for the right reasons, um, not necessarily chasing a quick, uh, turn and a quick, um, quick buck. Now let's be honest, people who started with car washes uh, back in the day, they were still running a pretty high margin business. They were making money. It's not, it's not like this was, um, this was not ever a profitable investment, but there was, you know, obviously there were things like, uh, variability of weather. Uh, there was a lot more labor back in the day. Now a lot of that is being solved for with you know unlimiteds and this the whole express model explosion. But um, I want to shift gears into what you were talking about um, with the recession, right? So we're talking about greenfield um, and folks. Some of these platforms deciding that maybe I shouldn't buy the washes because they're way too expensive to do that. I gotta build more of my own washes because it's cheaper and it makes more sense. At what point, like, what do you think? What do you think? can slow that down or at what point do they maybe like pause on that? Because as you said, we're seeing the headwinds, right? Inflation is, has been an issue for a while. We're starting to see these signs of maybe a a recession looming. When do you think people say, okay, hold on, like, let's put the brakes on. And then what do you do? What do you do then? Right? Like we're people, I feel like we kind of spread everything out all over the place and it's kind of going to feel a little bit like, um, the housing bubble, right. When it burst and you had these places where you just had houses that just didn't get finished. And I hope that's not the case. Yeah. I don't, I don't see that being the case at all. I, I, you know, we're still seeing, you know, it's interesting, you know, um, you know, I met with a group today that has uh, a, a fairly large portfolio of car washes and their numbers were down fairly significantly. And, and I, and I said to them, I go, Drive your competition. Let's because there's you know here's the the reality is you got a lot a lot of guys building car washes. You got a lot more car washes, right? Yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden you got more competition. And I go drive your competition and tell me you're a customer. 
where would you go? And the answer was not not their own car washes because <laughs> uh, out of out of let's say three competitors, they they would be at the bottom. And I go, you better start with your customer experience. At yeah. the end of the day, you know, number one reason where does somebody wash your car? It's convenience, right? So the second thing is if you got two guys that are convenient, they're going to go to the better car wash. Yeah. And so I, I I look at this as being one of those um, really great opportunities for great operators with great locations, they're going to thrive. Yep. You know, at the, end, the recession's not going to kill, like, I mean, washing a car for 20 bucks or 30 bucks a month unlimited is still a bargain. Yeah. Um, we're not going to see, we'll see a dent. We were not going to see um, this, this business like getting battered like a lot of other ones. On the other hand, what's going to, what's going to start being materially, a material effect on, on operators is going to be, by the way, everybody's building car washes, right. right? So every major player, I've told you, go to down the line from Mr. to go, you name the, you know, every mammoth, everybody's talking about greenfields and building. Well, at some point, you're going to have a lot of competition with new car washes. Um, the guys that are going to survive are going to be the ones that give the best customer experience, right? Yeah. And and I would tell you, so uh, that's where the, the, when you look at the, forget the forget the platforms and the private equity uh, back platforms, but you look at the owner operator, I don't think crew car wash needs to worry anytime soon. I don't think Metro has to worry anytime soon. You know, we're watching that the great operators um, in a market, I don't care who it is, they can come into it yeah. as long as they treat their, as long as they continue to serve their customers well, uh, they're going to be just fine to weather the storm and they'll actually prosper because they'll be able to grow and expand. And, and I, so I don't think that's a problem. On the other hand, the marginal operators uh, are going to have a real problem unless they figure out uh, that what they, well, how they need to keep their, their customers from moving on. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a shift from our conversation from last time where we were talking about, you should either be growing or you should be exiting. And maybe the, maybe the tagline here is that you should either be exiting <laughs> if you're not doing very well and you're not willing to put in the work, or you should be really hyper-focused on uh, making your wash operations the best they can possibly be with, exactly. the, with the renewed focus on customer. Yeah. Renewed focus on customers. You know, driving memberships, you know, if you've got, you know, at the end of the day, some, some, some of these businesses never focused on memberships, you know, they're going to have problems. Yeah. You know, the, the groups that have, you know, five, six, 7,000 members at a location, maybe they churn a little bit more, uh, you know, and, and, but that goes down to, you know, execution on, on, you know, handle, how do you handle a churn of your memberships? Yeah. You know, um, you know, we've got, you know, uh, we've got some great data from you know, retention express and watching what their ROI is because you got to pay attention. You can no longer let that customer go into a phone box and not deal with them because, you know, when you got, when you got difficult times, customers do have a choice where to spend their money. And, and unless you're stepping up and, and really you, you, this is time that you've got to make sure that everything you do is your A game. Yeah. And so paying attention to those people, uh, is, 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 is critical today, way more critical than it was when money was just flowing. Yeah. I really, I really, I mean, I think that this is all really good news for the, the professional car wash industry. I mean, the, the level of wash operations that I've seen in just the last handful of years, as I've kind of visited washes is so much greater, so much better, and so much more focused on the end user 
uh, than it was when I first started doing this in 2007, 2008, right? Like, it is a different ballgame out there. And I love that because like watches today are beautiful and they're customer centric and they really make people feel good about getting their car washed. And I think we're finally figuring that out. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's right. I mean, I, I think competition will drive, um, you know, a better customer experience, right? At the end of the day, it, it, you know, that's what, that's, that's what, what you need. If you have no, if you have no competition, you can continue to serve the client in any way you want. And, and they don't know any better today. They know better. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I, I actually think, you know, a, a little bit of a reset isn't all bad. It does. It does slow down the fury of, of the pace of I got to do something now. Anxiety. Uh, but but I do think that everybody out there should just you know, they're going to have to realize that if they're in this business uh, today, they're going to be in it for the long haul. If they if they do decide they want to exit, the good news is there's still good. There's still um, there's still good valuations being paid. Yeah. Right. Um, for good companies. So there's still there's still buyers out there. So the buyers aren't, aren't haven't gone away here. I'm getting calls on a weekly basis from groups that want to get in and buy car washes. So we're still finding a lot of buyers. Um, they're just being more, I, I, you know, they're being more selective. Uh, they're doing, uh, they're, they're making sure that uh, uh, their diligence is a lot tighter, uh, but they're still buying. And, and, and I think good operators will have good exits, but um, the guys that want to stay in, you know, I, it goes back to just doing all the, all the things you need to do, making sure you protect your, 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 your markets by having a good product. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, Jeff, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two more questions here and then I'm going to let you get back to your day. But, um, first things first, uh, I want you to put on your, put on your Prada hoodie here and, uh, look into your crystal ball and tell me what, what do you think the future is like? What are we, what are we looking at here in the next maybe 12 to 18 months in the industry? So from everything I'm hearing from, from, most of the big groups out there is we're going to see a lot of car washes being built. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, uh, you know, and, and with the slowing down of the economy, um, the path to getting retail sites might be a little easier. Uh, so I, I think there's still, there's so much, there's still so much bullish on, on, on the industry as a whole. I think we're going to see a lot more car washes being built. The, the emphasis is going to be on greenfields and and development. Um, I think that happens. Um, you know, I do think you're going to see um, more technologies and, mm-hmm. and, and improvements in operations. Mm-hmm. And I still think there's a, a long way to go to uh, to really driving, you know, efficiencies and knowing knowing who your customers are. You'll see some AI and some other technologies coming into the car wash uh, to, so we get to know our customers better. Uh, and so I, I really and I, I think labor is going to get easier, yeah. you know, as labor has been a, a, a really painful, tough piece of this business uh, over the last couple of years, I think the softening up of the economy is going to lend itself to us being able to maybe bring in some better employees and keeping them yeah. because they need to work. Yep. So, you know, they're, they're like, like you said, man, I think there's some, some things to look really forward in the industry. Um, I, do I think it's different? Sure. I think it's, you know, be, before it was fool's gold almost, right? <laughs> everything was, everything was pretty and, and shiny and, and it was yeah. like, a great i think today it's just it's down to like we've we got to go back to what we normally had have to do all the time we have to work for it yeah um and if you're willing to work for it it's a great business to be in and if you're not i would say 
get, get out. Or, or if somebody's, if the other, the other thought is that if somebody's thinking that at some point they're getting up there in age and they need to get out of this business, I wouldn't wait another year or yeah, two yeah. because, but it's the, the real, the, the reality, a couple of people have said to me, well, we'll wait till interest rates come down. It's not going to happen anytime soon. No, you know, the, the bottom line is this, what we were living in before was not normal. Like what we're living in today might be more normal, uh, more the norm. Right. And so I, I think it with with more increases in in, in interest rates uh, projected, um, that's going to drive multiples down. So I do think that the people that are looking at in the near future of saying I want an exit, I would say sooner the better, because I don't think it gets better next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it's I, I, you look at it, but it may be a few years before things change. I think they've got to learn to live with what, we, what, what they're given and 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 focus on the operations going forward to just if they're going to stay in this business. How, how long do you think it's going to be before we start seeing, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to call these like mega deals, right? How long before you think some of these big platforms start purchasing other big platforms? So, so a lot of it's been in play, right? Yeah. Uh, behind the scenes. And the reason you haven't seen a lot of them is because a lot of them have fallen apart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, it has been. Uh, it's not. By, it's not by been lack of effort. It's you know the as as the as a lot of these groups have built these chains based on a certain multiple, and now you yeah. look at the what Mister is trading and these other exits. The the pricing of these things, the math doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Now, with that said, I do think we'll see uh, over the next year. We'll see you know two or three mega deals. Because they just have to. Yeah. At the end of the day, there's going to need there's going to be the need of economies of scale, and some of these groups will have no choice because uh, some of the credit for some of these groups that may not be there, and they'll have to do something. The good news is uh, there are there's plenty of dry powder out there to make things happen, but it's but it is making the math work. Yeah. But uh, it's not been lack of effort recently. I just I do think uh, there's going to have to be some. Uh, a little bit of period in between here, but I think over the next year we'll see it. We'll see at least a couple get deals get done. Interesting. I bet. Yeah. I'm, that's when, that's when we're going to really see things start to, you know, the, it's the proverbial snowball rolling down the hill, right? Like once you start to see some of that stuff happen, it'll be really fascinating to see how everything starts to move and shift and momentum build on that. Um, Last question for you, Jeff, and this one is maybe easy, maybe difficult, but I'd like to ask everybody this one. Um, what's the one thing that I can do today to be better tomorrow? And you can take this any way you want it. It can be car wash related. It can be, um, you know, personal, go buy yourself a great sweatshirt, um, anything you want. So at least me personally, I, I, you know, it's been a phenomenal few years, made a lot of money. Um, I can tell you buying material possessions have probably given me less reward than I thought. And, uh, and we've shipped and as a company, as, as, as a firm amplify and, and, and I'm helping driving it. Uh, we've, we've seen a lot of people that, that, that need our help. Yeah. And I would say as an industry, we've got a lot of, a uh, lot of folks that made a lot of money. I'd say, at least for me personally, it's, uh, uh, focus in on the giving side. And we, I've committed to 20% of my personal time uh, uh, starting next year. 
Um, we've gotten behind Boys and Girls Club recently a lot because of of their needs. The, the needs of of the community is going up dramatically. We look at the uh, food kitchens now. The demand they've got is is a lot of pressure. Uh, St. Jude is another a famous uh, a great organization we got behind. So I, I can only tell you that um, that we've been blessed as an industry. I'd love to see. I think uh, giving back uh, as, as best as we can, because at the end of the day, uh, you can't take it with you. Uh, so I would say, uh, I, I would say, I look at look in the mirror, but I but I do think uh, it brings great rewards and satisfaction, uh, well beyond anything you can buy for yourself. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea because guess what? If if you have not given back to an organization and if you have not made any kind of considerable investment uh, in something that is just for the greater good, you have no idea how rewarding it actually is for you. So there are there are selfish reasons to do it too, uh, beyond the fact that it's it's the right thing to do to give back and to help humanity, right? But um, it is super rewarding and, and super gratifying. Yeah. Jeff, we're going to have to have you on. Um, it's almost like I feel like I should mark your predictions like on the calendar and say, uh, okay, Jeff's coming back in 12 months and we're going to see what was right and what was wrong. But I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on in the industry here in the next 6 to 12 to 18 months. And uh, we'll be sure to make sure that uh, this was not your last appearance on this show. Oh, man, I appreciate it. And I look forward to it. I, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a... Uh, interesting ride. I, again, I, I actually just think I, everybody's got to look in the mirror and say, what we've gone through has been just exceptional. We've been blessed. We've had a, a good run of, of just really just fun times. I just think this is what we're going to head into is probably more normal. We just got to, we got to do what we always done as car washers and we've got to put our head down and go to work and, 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 and do the right thing for our customers. And it's still a great business. Excellent. Excellent. Well, if you guys listening want uh, to hear more great stories about how uh, phenomenal this industry really is, uh, make sure you're subscribed to get this podcast wherever you're listening to your podcast content. The easiest way for you to never miss an episode and never miss any of our great content is to download the Car Wash Magazine app in your app store of choice. Friends, uh, until next time, there's just one thing that you have to do when you're out there uh, focusing on that customer experience or maybe wearing your favorite hooded sweatshirt, and that is keep it clean. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners. Thank you so much for listening to episode 10, where we shared this rebroadcast of Jeff's interview with Matt DeWolf. Also wanted to let our listeners know that episode 11 will look back over 2022 and the car wash M&A market, and we'll feature some highlighted clips from our guests. And yikes, a lot's changed since the uh, the bright and shiny golden beginning of 22. So it should be interesting to look back and kind of see how the year has progressed on and some of the consistencies and some of the things have changed from the feedback and the messaging from both our side and also from our guests. Be sure to look out for that. Thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Car Wash M&A, the podcast with your host, Lenise Barnett. Like what you hear? 
Subscribe to our podcast feed and leave us a review or follow us on social media at Amplify Car Wash Advisors. Want more M&A information? Visit our website at AmplifyWash.com and listen for new episodes on the last Thursday of each month.